Hello, people. This is the Rock Show with Rock of Mike and Rob Rossi, and this is part two of the Great Bob Molly episode fifty-one. Fifty-one, yeah. Man. Jesus Christ. Yep, yep. A lot of episodes. So Bob Molly, let me start off. Um, where were we left off? Well, but they one? had uh, they had recorded their second album, Burning. Okay. And there was going to be some lineup changes because Peter Tosh and and uh, Bunny Whaler left the band. Yep. Uh, that would be 1974 That new lineup would be shown Yeah Okay He would come out with the album Natty Dread Natty um, Dread Now The band was going to be called at that point Bob Marley and the Whalers Not just the Whalers Now it was Bob Marley And the, and the Whalers, Whalers. Right. And Chris Blackwell from Island Records uh, Basically said Listen You know You're going to be in the forefront So he got a band together uh, There was Carlton Barrett on drums Yep Aston Family Man Barrett on bass. They were brothers. Yep. Junior Marvin on guitar. Al Anderson on guitar. Tyrone Downey on keyboards. Earl Wyalindo on keyboards. Alvin Seco Patterson on percussion. Um, and this album, Natty Dread, is one of my favorites from him. It's got Lively Up Yourself. Um, my, my belly's full, but we're still hungry. Yep. Yeah, that's a great tune. Um, it was a, a, a politically charged album. Uh, let me... Show it to you here. This is the Natty Dread album. Okay, the back of it. All right, and I mean, like I said, lively up yourself, but we also had the studio version of No Woman No Cry. That's a great song. Uh, the uh, Rebel Music Three O'clock Roadblock is a great song. Not a good song. That's about getting pulled over by yeah. the cops at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. <laughs> getting harassed, which was happening a lot. Uh, talking but, Blues. But that was more because he was a roster, right? Right. Would put him yeah. over at three in the morning. Hey, yeah. what are you smoking, motherfucker? Exactly. <laughs> you know, he could, anywhere he went, he was getting hassled. Uh, so Say, the title track, Natty Dread, Revolution. Um, you know what? You know one thing I got to point out. Do you remember the movie, uh, the TV show Vinyl? Yeah. Did you notice the part where they, with Bob Marley? No. There was an episode where the character, uh, Bobby Carnavale, played him uh, forget the guy's name in the show but he walks into Max's Kansas City and Bob Marley's on stage playing Lively Up Yourself <laughs> that was great that was, that was fantastic I'll that, show that. Was, that show was short leave it only it, lasted it one, season. one season I man. I, I loved it I thought it was a great show I thought it was a great show too Ray Verano was in it right he was like a DJ or something yeah then. yeah yeah now um, the biggest change apart from this lineup was that Bob brought in Judy Moat, Marsha Griffiths, and his wife Rita as the I-3s. And they would be the three backup singers um, that would be through the rest of his career. Yep. Uh, Rita obviously was his wife. She'd be keeping an eye on things. Yeah. But Judy Moat and Marsha Griffiths, they had singing careers of their own, legit singing, singing careers. And they gave that up to be backup singers for Bob Marley, which I always found amazing. Uh, these women could have made it on themselves, and they would oh, later yeah. on have solo careers, but they gave up their solo careers to play with him. And I'm be- going to tell you why. I will tell you why. Why? Because he sold 75 million albums <laughs> worldwide. Well, they were on a mission. And you think yeah. these women would have done anything that yeah. close? You think no. these no. women would have even... No. No, well, they would You know what? I'd rather be... A backup singer to the number one recorded artist, and to be the backup, to be the singer myself, and yeah. have about hundred thousand fans. No, I, and and they, it was a, a religious mission for them yeah. too. Okay, uh, Rita's on record many times saying that, you know, what they felt they were doing was bringing 
Rastafari to the masses, spreading this music, spreading this spirituality. Uh, and it was important, and they put up with a lot, you know, to keep going with that. Okay, so it's amazing. And here's another thing I remember. You know, in 1976, they won an award. Mm-hmm. You know what award that was? Uh, well, they were already in the... I think it was the... Uh, in 1976 The Soul album or no, something? No, the Rolling Stone Band of the Year Band of the Year And well, think about Rolling yeah. Stone at that time That's huge Because yeah. they weren't giving that to well, just anybody Rasta Man Vibration would be the next uh, studio album That would yep. come out uh, in 76 And that actually got into the top 50 yep. In the Billboard So he broke America with that Yep, that but, was a Right, now, right, right before that album came out They would come out with Bob Marley and the Whalers Live yeah. Uh, this was released in 1975. Yep. Uh, it was album. recorded at the Lyceum Theatre in London. Yep. The album got to number eight in the UK. Um, and this is the album that has the live version of No Woman, No Cry. Yeah. That was like an international hit. That was an international um, hit. I think that's the version that's on the Legend CD. Yep. Okay, it has that version on there. Um, a lot of people don't know is that when they recorded this, they used... The Rolling Stones mobile studio, okay, which was a truck that the Rolling Stones used to record because they would often record in different places. They didn't always use studios. And he, you know, my, uh, Mick Jagger and, and Keith Richards actually lent the studio to Bob Marley to record that album. So Stones were definitely very helpful in promoting a lot of reggae music in the 70s. A lot of people don't know that. I think Mick Jagger is like a huge reggae fan. Mick and Keith. Keith has a house in Jamaica that he even let Peter Tosh live in for a while uh, because they were friends and he actually had gotten him signed onto Rolling Stones records so he did an album for their, their label that they had in the 70s uh, but they would have a falling out uh, over, oh, yeah? over money and stuff yeah I think in the story if I remember it right I think Richards had to like get him out of his house <laughs> he was like in his house. You want to hear something else about Bob Marley won the award of the the Peace Man Award of Third World for the United Nations. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was given all kinds of awards. He would have won a Nobel Peace Prize probably at some point had yeah. he lived. Uh, what he was doing, spreading the spirituality, it was, it was a serious thing. It was a mission for these guys to do it. And they did spread the Rastafari spirituality more than anybody ever. So let's talk about politics. Like in Jamaica, yeah. there was two different parties. Right. And um, Bob Marley wasn't really associated to one or another, but both groups told that he was helping them out. What, what's the true, the true story behind that? Okay. Well, in Jamaica. In 76, the, the politics in Jamaica was starting to become more violent more just everybody was either picking sides you had the PNP yep and you had the JLP yep okay and they were basically two parties the JLP being more capitalist and american leaning and the PNP who was the party in control at the time was more socialist and leaning towards cuba and england okay. and stuff like that now each party accused bob marley of being for the other one no one really knew where he stood politically and the truth is he he said, I don't care. This is, this is Babylon. Okay, yeah. This is not what I care about. But they would ask him to perform at a concert. Okay, And this was the... Uh, 
It was called the Smile Jamaica Concert. What group was this? For what this, group? This was Bob Marley and the Whalers. I know, but what um, for what uh, political group this was? It wasn't for, for either okay. one. Okay, okay. it was it was uh, the idea of having this concert. Bob would do. Uh, I believe it was free, and he would perform and get the get people together and under the. Under the uh, the idea that we can all get along, even though we got different political ideas, yeah. let's stop the violence because there was people getting shot dead in the street. Yeah, people Every, getting everyone, killed. People getting it killed. was fucking violent. Yeah. It was terrible. Now that concert was slated for December fifth, nineteen seventy six. Um, what I do want to mention quick before I do forget is that in seventy six he had released the Rastaman Vibration album. You had Positive Vibration, Roots Rock, Reggae, Crazy Bald Head, Rat Race, and the song War. War, yeah. We'll go into War in a minute. But I just want to give some context. That was the most recent album that he had put out. Um, December 5th was the show. Now, on December 3rd, he was at his 56 Hope Road address house. Okay, it was a large kind of mansion in the very uptown, ritzy section of Kingston. Okay, uh, he was the only Rasta up there. Yeah. Okay, and uh, his house was a, a free for all. Basically, anybody could come in and, and, and leave and hang out and yep. ask him for money. Sometimes he would give it. Sometimes, Sometimes he, he wouldn't. Won't. Okay, but one thing they always had going was soccer games outside in the yard in front of the house. Uh, always good food and a lot of weed. Not a week. Okay, so it was it was a place that Sounds people Sounds like a great time. People Let's go. Went. <laughs> I would have been now, at the house all the time. Yeah, well, well, well what happened is there would be gunmen that would show up at the house on the 3rd of December, two days before that concert. Wow. And uh, Bob was there, Rita, his wife, and one, a member of the I-3s, and their manager, Don Taylor. All three of them would get shot. Yeah. Okay. Rita got shot in the driveway. I believe she was in her car. Don Taylor got shot, I think, in the house. And Bob was in the kitchen, and one of the gunmen, I believe there were three of them, actually, yeah. uh, came in and kind of, like, made the door open a little bit and looked and pointed the gun real quietly and, and shot. shot him. And and he was making something in the kitchen with the blender or something. He used to use a lot of juicers and things like yeah. that. And uh, he saw it in the last second, and he was able to kind of move himself up like this. And the bullet went, it didn't go in him. It went across his chest. It, you know, scraped him, scraped basically. Him. Wounded him there, and then went into his arm. So he was lucky. Yeah, very okay. lucky. But uh, they were just trying to stop that concert. Okay, they were trying to, you know, somebody was trying to whack him out. It was, yeah. it was either the PNP or the JLP. Okay, now, I heard an interesting controversy with this. Okay, what's the controversy? Uh, or conspiracy, I should say, because... I heard that these guys never were caught, okay, but actually turned up in L.A. in the early 80s, which was after Bob was gone, and these same gunmen, I heard, were some of the original crack dealers in L.A., <laughs> so now, I don't know the, if that's true. So they flew them over there. They, for this they, they job? ended up in America and and became the early crack dealers in, in LA. So let me ask you a Crazy. question. So these three people got shot. Yeah. No fatality. No. And did the concert still go off on December fifth? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the funny thing is, is the whalers disappeared. Nobody could find them. They were afraid to show their face. So Bob had to get a band together quick for the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There was a band. There was a reggae band called Zap Pow, 
that backed him up. And if you ha- if you all have a chance, look this concert up, Smile Jamaica, 1976. It, it really, I mean, I don't even know if there was a stage. It was like Bob was just playing. You see him, there's all these people with him, and he's singing. And uh, at one point, he brings Michael Manley, who was the, uh, the president of the PMP, and then the JLP's uh, leader was Edward Sega, brought them up on stage and had them shake hands, and that was a big, a big moment. Bob was showing his wounds off. You can oh, see man. it online. It's an interesting video. Uh, you know, after that, he would go on a hiatus, okay, because he needed to recoup himself. Uh, yeah, when you're on your life, of course you need to recoup. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, so he went to um, the Bahamas, Nassau. Uh, Chris Blackwell had a house there, and he let him stay there. Yeah. And then from there, he would he would jump across over to the UK and spend the next two years there. Now, in that time, he didn't sit on his ass. Okay, he was writing. Yeah. Uh, ni- June third, nineteen seventy-seven, he would come out with the Exodus album. And that album That was album is classic Classic album Totally classic A lot of great songs Yeah, I mean The tracks One Love Exodus Waiting in Vain Jamming uh-huh. John, where you going? You're coming back, right? Yeah Yeah uh, Three Little Birds Natural Mystic Kicks off the album uh, You have two tracks That are uh, Rastafari theme Guiltiness and The Heathen Okay uh, this album was on the British charts for 56 weeks. Wow. It was a huge hit. And this wow. is the album that really turned a lot of the punks onto... Reggae. Reggae, okay? Uh, there was a guy named Don Letts. Don Letts, he, famous he, Don Right, Letts. famous Don Letts. Uh, he was instrumental in turning a lot of the punks onto reggae music. One of just a couple albums we were talking about here. This was the live album that came out in 75. Live album. Now, this is, uh, if you have a chance, it's a double album, okay? If you have a chance, I'm sorry, it's, it's a single album, excuse me. Um, but you didn't even open it. It's doing you know nice why I didn't open it? Well, it's a know, this is the only one I didn't open in this whole set, because I have a three-record set of it. Oh. Okay? <laughs> so I just left this closed. Um, the the three-record version of this is fantastic, if you could find it. Uh, it's got the Lyceum show and another Lyceum show. Yeah. Okay, so it's different stuff. Uh, then this is the Exodus album. Okay. Right. Look at that cover, man. I, I think this is one of his great best uh, yeah. albums ever. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful the way it was put together. Um, okay. Nice I'm surprised nice he never. Gold. I'm surprised he never did like Teach and Chan and put a big um, bamboo paper in one of his albums. Well, one of the uh, early albums was on. Bamboo? Yeah, on, on paper. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I forget which one it was. He just I think it was that. Rasta Man Vibration. Rasta Man that Vibration. Had, had that, wow. That cover. Now on the back, you got His Majesty and then the Lion of Judah and all that stuff. So he was really promoting Rastafari. With yeah, that's album. huge right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, great stuff. Now this album actually ended up on the Voyage of Spacecraft. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. When they put, uh, in 77, I think that lifted off, or 76, um, they put this album on here on the spaceship. So somewhere in outer space, that album can be played. Yeah. There's aliens that can have a record player. Um, In 77, when that album was huge, it was on the charts for 
56 weeks in England. He was doing well in the States as, yeah. as well. Um, but uh, he would release a single because a lot of the punks in England were big fans, and he wanted to kind of give back. So he made a single, a non-album single called Punky Reggae Party. That's a great song. Great song. It was produced by Lee Scratch Perry. He would go back to work with him uh, for that particular one single. For a long time, you couldn't find that single. And uh, but it's been released in a lot of compilations now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I think if you have the got... actual, if you have the actual twelve inch or forty five, I think it's pretty rare. Do we have Bob Marley International on the juke? Yeah, I'm on the jukebox. Just no, on that one, There's that one Tro- one. the Trojan Records. There's a version of Duppy Conqueror, an yes. early version. That's the only thing you have. But Molly plays reggae a lot on the, you know, on the on the iPod. You were talking was. about the uh, war, the song war. Yeah, you were bring yeah, it up. yeah. Was, definitely want to talk that? about that. Uh, that was on the um, the Natty Dread album. Okay, uh, I believe it's the last song on the album. Okay, uh, no, no, excuse me, not Natty Dread. Where am I here? Oh boy, not Natty Dread. Okay. Rasta Man Vibration. Sorry, that's this one here. Okay. Right here. Yeah, here yeah, we go. Yeah. This was. Look at that. On side two, second to last song, War. War, yeah. Okay. Um, again, they, they would come out with the lyrics. That's great. I always yeah. love when albums did yeah. that. Yeah, this kind of looked like. You know, paper. Yeah, like you yeah. can roll that shit yeah. up. And <laughs> yeah, great album. Make a big doobie. This is like one of my favorite pictures of him. Yeah, that's got a great the hat picture. Had everything, and I love this. But this album had um, the song "War," and um, what you have to realize with that song is it's an actual speech by uh, Haile Selassie the first that he did in front of the UN in 1963, and and Bob Marley would take those words and make it into the song "War." Uh, it's a beautiful song about racial equality, uh, about not discriminating against people based on race, um, and it's it's a classic. It's it's he did it every time he played live. Uh, after that, it was a huge hit. Everybody knows that song. Yep. You know, not too many people know it's a, an actual speech. Though. Yeah. I wanted to make sure. Um, okay. Now we're um, we hope to look to the the Kai album. Kai album. Yeah, the, 1978. Um, and, you know, in February 1981, he won the highest award that somebody could get in Jamaica. What's that? The the of that the nation's third highest honoree. Yeah, I mean, it, by the time he... Oh, the Order of Merit. Right, yeah. it's, a, it's a holdover from, from British, British times. You know, he got the Order of Merit. But that's like the... Biggest, that's like huge yeah, honor. Yeah, it's like a Medal of Honor. Let me ask you a question. You think he was still alive when he got there? Because when did he die? He died in 81. So that was February of 81 they gave that yeah. to him? I think he had. I think he might have still been alive. Well, he died in May of yeah, he was May still, 11 or 19. Yeah, he was still alive. So that's probably that. one of the... Well, that's why he got a state funeral also. Because yeah, so, he, was, he was such a huge guy. So that's why that award makes sense. Right, right. Now, the Kaya album, when it came out in 78... Uh, it's a much more mellow album. Uh, you got songs like Easy Skanking, Is This Love, Satisfy My Soul, uh, Running Away, Time Will Tell, uh, Crisis is One, She's Gone. Great songs. Uh, Kaya is Kaya. actually a reference to weed. Of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You got the, the, tra- you know, the, the, the title track, Kaya. Uh, 
didn't have much on the inside. No. On that one. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good album. But they have. He, the, he, is that the lyrics behind it? Did they add it in the I back? I don't think. Yeah, the lyrics are on the back of the album. Yeah, they, that's they it. Didn't, wow. They didn't put it on the inside. Yeah. You know. Um, people were kind of uh, lukewarm on this album because I think they felt that. You know, he had just done some political stuff, and he, they wanted to keep... But this was an album I think he wanted to make. There was a lot of things going on in his life that he... And he needed I mean, he was realizing change. he was realizing his mortality, I think. You know, you get shot, you kind of realize, wow, maybe I won't be here forever. Yeah. You know? And, you know, he was... You know, love was a big theme on that album, and he decided to write about it. I think it's a good album. They just some people thought he was going soft, and I don't think that that's the case. No, nah, it wasn't going soft. He yeah. just wanted a little change after you know right. shit, the tenth of his life. Shit, so he right. needed to change a bit. Now that same year, they would come out with my favorite live album for him, Babylon by Bus. Babylon by Bus. This was a double album. Okay, and it's cool. You could like, you know, this slides out, so you could like change it if you want. Put this in there or whatever. Cool. Cool gatefold album. You know what's amazing? That's pretty much the last live album that, that he did. They actually did. Yeah, that he did. Yeah. You know, which is like holy shit. Uh, you know? Yeah. Well, sad thing. What would happen? Um. Now, the last track on the Babylon by Bus album is a long version of Jam, and it goes on for about 10, 15 minutes. And you could, he, you could hear, you could hear the audience, yeah, you could hear the audience flipping out on it. It's, yeah. it's really good. Uh, 1979, he would come out with the Survival album. Um, before I mention that, though, back in 78, when he had the, uh, uh, the Kaya album and then the Babylon by Bus. Yeah. Uh, there were still problems in Jamaica. Yeah. And he was kind of on an exile in England. He hadn't been back since he since he had done that other concert. Yeah. And he had been shot. Yeah. But the government representatives from Jamaica went to England to look look him up and speak to him specifically about coming back and doing another show because there was still a lot of violence in the streets. Yeah. People were getting um, killed. People yeah. Getting and shot. he he would come back and he would do. The One Love Peace concert. Now, again, it would be a replay of the last one where Manly and and uh, Sega would come out and shake hands. And uh, were the whalers there? Oh, yes, the whalers <laughs> were there for that one. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. They ain't checking out on that one. <laughs> In '79, he would come out with the Survival album. This is one of my favorites as well. And this is a very politically charged Oh, yeah, album. that's totally okay. political album. So he went back to more of a politic kind of theme. But he um, was technically very political. He never ran far, but he, he had a voice, and like people listened to him. He was oh, very yeah. a political figure. Well, Especially the, 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 people, in Jamaica, the people in Jamaica listened to him. Oh, yeah, they okay. definitely listened. You know, um, lyrics would be on this, okay, on the inside sleeve. Um, this is the album with the different African flags on the front. Yep. Kind of cool. Very cool. Um, you know, there's a picture of His Majesty shooting an anti-aircraft yep. gun against the Italians when they invaded Ethiopia in 1935. <laughs> he actually shot planes down. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah. Um, you got some good Africa songs. Africa Unite. Yep. You got some good songs on that album. You got Zimbabwe, Africa Unite, Wake Up and Live. Yep. Uh, you know, 
he was becoming a spokesperson also for what was going on in South Africa, stopping the apartheid. Oh, that yeah, that was, that was some other shit. Yep, no, yep. Yeah, and that was bad stuff that was going on at that time. And, and he was one of the first artists to really speak out about it. Uh, he was asked in 1980, in April of that year, to perform at the uh, Zimbabwe Independence Day, the first one, where Rhodesia, which was the name of Zimbabwe before, as a colony of England, would give up, the, you know, their, their flag would be lowered and the Zimbabwe flag would be raised, and they did a free show in Zimbabwe for wow. everybody. Amazing. Yep. 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 So let me give you another. I hate to get out of time, but let me give no. you a little bit more of the fun fact. In March of 1994, he's inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, he is. You know that that was a big thing. Then in 1999. In 1999, 18 years after he died, yeah. Album of the Century, Exodus, Exodus. by Time Out Ma- by uh, Time Magazine. Yeah, was definitely. The album were, of the fucking century. of the century. Can you yeah. believe so that? So that's that's better than any other artist. Think about all the people in the 20th century. He, well, he's one of the few musicians. Guess what he got in in 2001? What? A star in the Hollywood oh, Walk of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what, what's been a, a great thing is his kids have kept yeah. his legacy alive, especially yeah. Ziggy. Yep. And we'll talk about his kids a little bit after. And I hate to one more time, and in February 2001, he got another great award. What's that? He got a uh, Grammy, a Lifetime Achievement Lifet- Award from that. the Grammy. I remember which, uh, what he got. I think what I year was that? that. In, ni- in 2001. What? I do remember that. Yeah. Yep. Lifetime Achievement. And Ziggy, I think, accepted it. Yeah. And in 2004, Rolling Stone ranked him number 11 of the greatest one of the greatest 100 stars to ever live, artists to ever live. The number one? Number 11. Number 11. And that's impressive with that's all very the other impressive people. considering, yeah. You see, everybody that's on, if you I see mean, that list. He, you know, whether you're a Rasta or not, you don't have to be to enjoy the music. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, he's a, he's a worldwide star. Not just in Western countries, everywhere. Yep. You could be you could be in a small town in India, and people know Bob Marley. Oh yeah. You know that his image, everybody knows it. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows. knows his image. And you want to hear something crazy? He in two thousand four, he was a, he was the first inductee into the UK Hall of Fame. I oh, like to okay. see who's on that uh, that list the UK, of the UK rock, Hall UK Hall rock and roll. Hall of Fame? Yeah, you're okay. Wow. Uh, okay, that I didn't know. So I got a few more stuff that we'll talk about. Because he's still got a lot more awards that are coming oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. And uh, where are we at? He okay, well, the, the, the uprising, after the concert in Zimbabwe, yeah. he would come out uh, two months later with the Uprising album. Okay, and that's that's this one here. That's classic, a great classic cover. Classic album cover. Okay. Uh, I love this album. This is uh, coming in from the cold, um, bad card, Pimper's Paradise, Forever Loving Ja. Could you and then, be loved? Could you be loved? And then Redemption That's Song. That's a great song. The album. That yeah. is a great song. Yeah. Redemption Song totally. is a great album. Totally. Beautiful, beautiful. I like that the cover. back, they got the words to all the yeah. songs. Like, yeah, they, almost, most of the albums had that. A lot of albums didn't do that, especially you don't have it to was, see. It was expensive to do that. And CDs, I used to love that CD. They used to have the booklet. Some of them would have all the songs, and some of them would just shit on the lyrics. It, yeah, like, why wouldn't they have the it's, lyrics? It's a lot more money to do that. Yeah. That's why some artists can't do it. Uh, but again, you know, they, they promoted Bob, and he was, you know, he was selling albums. So they, he was making money for Ireland. Uh, they would put these great, you know, collections together. Uh, this would be the last studio album before his death. 
Um, but they still released one more out on Confrontation. Confrontation was released after he died. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to talk about what happened to him when we all know he died. Um, but the story is this. In July of 77, uh, Bob had an infection in his tongue. Now, contrary to what a lot of people think, they think it was a, a wound from playing soccer. It's not true. Okay? He did play a lot of soccer. Uh, and because he let this infection go for so long, playing soccer aggravated it. Oh, yeah, okay? made it worse. Right. But what he had underneath his big toenail was a malignant melanoma tumor. Okay? Now, it was under the nail of his big toe. And doctors found it, and they said, look, you know, we're going to have to amputate your toe. And he didn't want to do that because... If you amputate your big toe, you have a problem walking. You have to relearn how to walk. And he would dance on stage when he performed. He didn't want to do that. Uh, also, his, you know, his religious beliefs, I think uh, he believed that he could probably get rid of this naturally uh, by eating right and by prayer. Um, he decided to basically, they would dig, they wouldn't amputate the toe. But they would dig into his toe and remove the nail and remove the tumor. Um, but in those days, there was always a risk. This is over 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen so much anymore. But there was always a risk of when you went in on a surgery like that, the surgeon could actually spread the disease. Even more. If, if, right. If, if some of that cancer got into your bloodstream or whatever, it done. Would, it, you're done. Okay, it would spread. Um, they did remove the nail and the nail bed, and then they would graft a piece of skin from his thigh onto the toe and wrap it up. Yep. Okay? Uh, that was in 1977. Now, in May of 1980, he had done some shows in Pittsburgh. He was actually back in New York uh, jogging in Central Park. Uh, he wasn't feeling well, and he actually collapsed. Wow. Now, this was three years later after the, the surgery. Um, it turned out when he got to the hospital, they found out that the cancer had spread to his lungs and his brain. Okay? And in those days, that was, you know, basic. That's it. That's it. You know, I mean, even today, that can be it for you. Yeah. Uh, he decided he didn't want to get chemotherapy. He wanted to get something called the Issels treatment. Now, Dr. Joseph Issels was a German doctor that had like an alternative type of cancer. Uh, you, those days they didn't really have the word, but today you would call it holistic, okay? Uh, it was not chemotherapy, he never got that, uh, but there would be treatment. I think he did actually get some chemo in the very end of his life, Yeah. but it was too late, because his hair did fall out. So that thing will kill you right away, yeah. it kills everything. You, get, you, can't, you can't even be around people when, when no, you get the No, you're chemo. radioactive, you know, when you get that radiation yeah. therapy and stuff. Um, what would happen is, is uh, he would go to Germany and he would stay there. Uh, try, he was there for eight months trying to get well. Uh, like I said, he lost all his dreads with some of that treatment. Uh, there was certain foods he could eat, certain foods he couldn't eat, and it was supposed to cure the cancer, but unfortunately the cancer became aggressive and it really wasn't working. Uh, he was going to go back to Jamaica and basically go home to die. Wow. Um, he had a stopover in Miami, from Germany to Miami, then Miami to Jamaica. And he got very sick in Miami at the layover. 
um, was taken over to what was then called the Cedars of Lebanon Hospital in Miami. It's now called the University of Miami Hospital. Um, May 21st of 1981, uh, he would get his state funeral in Jamaica because wow. he did die in Miami, unfortunately. Wow. Uh, yeah, very sad. Um, I believe it's Judy Moad, uh, one of the I-3s, back in Jamaica, the day that he passed away, um, she said the weather outside was, was raining and lightning and everything, and it came out of nowhere, and she knew that something was wrong. Something was wrong. You know, something was wrong in the universe because of the type of storm that she was seeing in the middle of the night. And then she got a call, like at that time, that he had passed. Wow. So May 21st, 1981, he would get his state funeral in Jamaica. Uh, there would be a combined Ethiopian Orthodox um, and Rastafari traditions in that, in that ceremony. Uh, he was buried in a chapel near Nine Mile, where he was from. Uh, still there now. It's a little gray chapel where Bob is inside. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's very sad because you think about the short career he had, had it lasted longer, what would he have been able to do, you know, even but, in death he's done so but much. But think, think about it, that short career, 75 million albums sold worldwide. Probably would have sold. 75 Jamaican album. Yeah, and he you probably would have sold a lot more. And you know what's the other thing, even after his death, the Legend album was the number one selling album forever. Right. So more copy than any other album right. ever. It's crazy. Right. Now, right after he passed away in 81, they would come out with the Confrontation album, okay? Now, this was after he had passed. Uh, it was kind of like songs that he hadn't, he had sitting in the can. They, yeah. they weren't on any of the albums. This got Buffalo Soldier on Buffalo it. Buffalo Soldier. Down Babylon. Uh, Rasta Man Live Up. Um... Stiff Naked Fools, Black Man Redemption, Trench Town, so called Trench Town, not Trench Town, Rock, Trench Town, yeah. uh, Jump Naya Bingy, really good stuff, nice little. This was, um, you ever see this picture? This no. was, okay. You look at it, this was the Italians attacking, these are these guys attacking defending. Attacking the Ethiopians and the Ethiopians defending. Yeah. I believe this was from. Right, the decisive. See, Italy actually attacked Ethiopia twice, once in 1896. This is the Battle of Ottawa, okay. And and his his Imperial Majesty's father was in this battle, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, and he was only about four years old when it had happened. But uh, then in 1935, Ethiopia would attack again. But in this battle, 1896, the Italians lost, okay, and they were pushed out of Ethiopia. Yeah. It was a big defeat for them. Very cool picture. Very yeah. cool picture. Okay. Now, one of the things that you have to mention about Bob, and it's obvious if you know a little bit about him, and that's all his kids. Yeah. A bunch okay? of kids. He had a lot of kids. He man. had a long He liked he to had, talk. Yes, he did. He had a lot of kids with different women. Uh, I can give you a list here. Okay. His actual children with Rita... Okay, you had Sedella, okay, named after his mom, born in 1967. You had David, also known as Ziggy, born in 1968. Uh, there would be a Stephen as well from Rita, born in 1972. Ziggy's the one that still plays, right? Ziggy's still around today. Uh, he's like in his early 50s now. 
and uh, he's great. I mean, I like a lot of his music. Some of it is like, at times he's been a little too poppy, but he's also gotten serious too on certain albums, and he's pretty good. I like yeah. him. Uh, and whenever he plays, he does a lot of his father's songs. Of so, course, I can see know. that easy. Right. Now, there was a Robert, also known as Robbie, and he was born from uh, in May of 1972 from Pat Williams, a woman that Bob was involved with. Uh, there was also Richard, okay, from Janet Hung, okay, in 1972 as well, that same month. Karen, born in 1973 from Janet Bowen. Stephanie was born in August 74 from Rita, but not Bob. Wow. Okay, Rita had a little thing going on with a guy named Itao, okay, and she was acknowledged as Bob's daughter. Bob just accepted her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Julian was born in 1975 uh, from Lucy Pounder. Then you had Kaimani, born in February of 76 by um, Anita Bel- Belinus. Bel- am I spell- Belnavis. Belnavis. And Belnavis was actually the Jamaican ping pong champion that <laughs> 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 he was involved with. Okay. Damien was the, was the last child born in July of 78 from Cindy Breakspear. Um, out of all the women that he was with, obviously Rita stayed with him. Yep. Uh, but Cindy Breakspear was the uh, Miss World, okay? She won the, under the title for Jamaica. Yeah. But she was actually Miss World, I think, in 76 or 75. Uh, beautiful woman. And she was his companion also. Um, people say, you know, how did Rita put up with that? Okay. Well, you know, she's been asked this, and she said by the time he started getting involved with other women, he w- she was really more of a caretaker yeah. than a wife. Uh, that she kind of felt that she passed that role already of being a wife. Yeah. Uh, strong woman to be able to do that. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and a lot of it had to do with the Rastafari faith. Uh, she wanted to, this mission of spreading this spirituality and the music, through the music with Bob, was a mission that she felt was more important than him messing around with other women and her getting mad about it and breaking up. And uh, she stayed with him. Yeah. You know, and, that's a good woman. Yeah, I would say so. Um, that's all I got. I, I mean, got a few more stuff yeah. now. So, One Love was named Song of the Millennium by the BCC. Okay, BBC? BBC. Yeah. And then uh, in 2010, he got a very catch of fire inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2010. So oh, wow. That album the, album, the, the album was inducted, was inducted as, as, as into what, the though? Grammy, into the Grammy Hall what of Fame. What they call it, like the greatest... Uh, I guess it's one of the maybe one of the greatest albums, maybe a debut album. Maybe debut, but it was put in the Grammy Hall of Fame, and that's all I got for you. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in the in in the seventies, when he was recording most of his music, there was no Grammy for reggae. Yeah. The first reggae Grammy went to Black Uru, which is another great reggae band. Um, They were actually supposed to kind of take over the mantle for Bob Marley but never kind of materialized no, 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 no. but they're still around playing and they're good uh, let me ask you so what we got coming up in the next couple of weeks we're going to a show on Friday yep yep we're going to see uh, well this this episode will be that we just did now will come up February 10th yeah. the part one will be February 3rd yeah uh, we're going to be seeing on January 24th Peter Murphy Peter who Murphy. was the lead singer of Bauhaus the goth rock band uh, Bauhaus is actually back together. We're going to be seeing them. It's Peter Murphy. Peter Murphy's a singer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. 
original lineup uh, playing in Radio City in June. We're going to go see that. Um, I'm trying to think of any other shows coming up. St. Paddy's Day is coming in March. Yeah. I know Murphy's Law is playing. Um, they always do on St. Paddy's. They always Paddy's. do a show at St. Paddy's. Yeah. They play where they're going to play it. Yeah. Um, that's all I got right now as far as up to, you know, up, up and to, coming. All right. And um, so this is for Black History. We got uh, yeah. two more shows. We yeah, gonna we'll get to a show on Prince. And Run DMC. And Run DMC. And we might have an extra one thrown in there, too. We were talking about oh, yeah. something extra, yeah, right? Yeah, sounds good, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. So, people, remember, don't, don't get, get drunk, drunk, get lumped up. up. One love. <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah. That was a lot better than... Yeah.